Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Christmas has Santa Claus. Easter has the bunny. But what is the cultural mascot of Pentecost? Isn't it funny that you never see a Pentecost aisle at Walmart? Thankfully, our national merchants haven't quite figured out how to exploit this holiday yet. I guess the Holy Spirit just isn't commercially marketable. Lost in the midst of graduations and Mother's Day and Father's Day, Memorial Day and Flag Day and a few other days, Pentecost rounds out the three great festivals of the Christian year. Beginning with Advent and ending with the day of Pentecost, the first part of the church year focuses on the life of Christ. His life and his events. And then from today, from Pentecost to somewhere around All Saints Day, the church focuses on the life of the church. Often hearing Jesus' parables and teachings and the things that he gives directly to us as followers. So the first half of the year we celebrate Jesus' birth at Christmas, his resurrection from the dead at Easter. But what about Pentecost? We often see Pentecost as having actually very little to do with Jesus. And I guess in some ways that this is true. Jesus wasn't present physically at Pentecost. He was there at Christmas. He was there at Easter. But he had already ascended into heaven only ten days ago. And it is the Holy Spirit who shows up, causing a ruckus. Yet here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He knows his role. I've often said, probably because of my theater background, that the Trinity is somewhat like a stage production. And no, this isn't an explanation of the Trinity. But rather, how I make sense of how the Godhead is revealed to us and it's working among us. I often see God the Father as the, the writer, the director. And as creator, this isn't too far of a stretch, I don't think. And since the script revolves around Christ, Jesus is the main actor. He's center stage. All eyes are on Him. So where's the Holy Spirit? Well, He's more like the stage crew. He's back there. Somewhere, doing his thing. He's behind the scenes, making sure the spotlight is on Jesus, that the curtain rises and falls at the right time, and that the props are all in the right place. I'm not going to push that analogy too far today. I may save that for next week, Trinity Sunday. But for now, let's just say that the Holy Spirit while in some denominations can sometimes be thrust into the spotlight in front of Christ, the Holy Spirit is more of a behind-the-scenes type of guy. Without Him, the show wouldn't go on. 
And if he does his job right, you never even realize he's there. Instead, the attention is focused solely and squarely on Jesus. So for better or for worse, in our churches, the Holy Spirit gets recognition and a standing ovation only once a year. Pentecost Sunday. This is His time to shine. His time to soak in the roaring applause from the audience. But if you know the rest of the story of Pentecost, if you know the readings that come right after our reading in Acts today, then you know the story. St. Peter, empowered by the Holy Spirit, stands in front of the crowd that gathers around all the excitement. They who had come from all over for the feast in Jerusalem had heard the whoosh. And each one found the apostles speaking in his own language. So they think the apostles are drunk. Peter assures them they are not. Then he goes on to deliver a very beautiful sermon. A sermon that preached Christ crucified and risen for those who were listening. The sermon wasn't about the Holy Spirit. But it was powered by the Holy Spirit and it spoke about Christ. Yet not just about Christ, but about Christ for you. Jesus told us in our Gospel reading today, And I'll read the whole thing because it's only three verses. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus is speaking about those who follow Him and are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Out of His heart will flow rivers of living water. But I ask you this. What are these rivers of living water? What does that mean? Well, here Jesus doesn't say. But I think we can make some educated guesses. Especially since he is talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. It is the Holy Spirit who washes us in the waters of baptism. And since baptism connects us to Christ, to his life and his death and his resurrection, I guess you could say that baptism is the headwaters of the Christian life. And for many of us, that is where it began. And every time the Holy Spirit does His work, through the hearing of God's Word, as you are doing now, it is like rain that replenishes and causes the river to rise. Confession and absolution also replenishes and cleanses those waters. But what are the rivers of living water. Well, living water, first of all, 
is water that moves. It isn't stagnant. It is moving. It washes. It, it cleans. It erodes. It builds. It transports. It refreshes. Think a river, not a pond. And if it is the Holy Spirit who does all of those things to us, then the evidence of that Holy Spirit would be what Paul gives to us in the book to the Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. In other words, the rivers of living water that comes out of the Christian is simply being the person God created you to be in the midst of a fallen and broken world. You are not created to sin, to do evil, to be sorrowful, to hurt others, to turn on friends, to despise your parents, to hate your pastor, to suffer depression, to suffer dysphoria, to suffer anger, to suffer anxiety, to hate, or to be a hypocrite. I thought I'd stop there. We could certainly add to the list. You were designed and you were created to be loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled. You were designed to be like Jesus. You were designed to be in communion with God and with one another. Yet here you are, sinner that you are. Your living water has gone stagnant, has dried up, has changed course, has gone underground. It is no longer giving life. It is no longer nurturing, loving, caring, or forgiving. And so enters the Holy Spirit, the sanctifier, which means basically the holy maker. The one who continually makes us, transforms us, builds us into what God designed us to be. Holy. Starting with baptism and with its remembrance, which is why we make the sign of the cross. Where those headwaters are, that's where we continually return. Confession and absolution also take us back there. The things that have polluted our rivers get cleaned up, thrown out, taken away. And then God's Word replenishes that water. And the supper makes sure that that water is living water. And then we go. Just like that woman that Jesus met at the well, if you remember. Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, he told her. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Again, it is Jesus who is the headwater. Baptism taps us into him. 
And the Holy Spirit then continues to work with us. Pentecost is sometimes called the birthday of the church. Not like that. It is the day the Holy Spirit began His work of bringing Christ to God's people through the means of grace and how through God's people He brings those things to the world. Pentecost may be a hidden holiday to the world. Just as the Holy Spirit is hidden. But it is the day that our God began a beautiful work in His people and in His world. Delivering Christ to His people and His people delivering Christ to the world. So let's get watering. Amen? And now may the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.